evening. Welcome to our first Emergency Matters podcast. We are going to be talking a little bit about the coronavirus. We are joined by Dr. Adrian Boyle, our emergency lead for the department. Do you want to tell us what the trust is doing? Okay, so everyone's probably a bit worried. Um, and I want to reassure you there's lots of work going on in the trust. Oh, my word, the meetings I have been to. I've been to <laughs> loads of meetings. There is lots of plans. So the trust yeah. is doing absolutely masses at the moment. The plans are still fairly flexible at the moment. There's a lot going on and there's a lot up for discussion. However, um, we have a fairly good idea of what this is going to, be, going to do. Um, we are getting ourselves prepared. We are going to be busy and there is a real danger that we will be in what's known as a mid-level pandemic in the next couple of weeks. So we're expecting that we may end up having to admit somewhere between 10 and 15 people with COVID every day. Okay. Some wow. of these guys will be really sick. Yeah. Some of them won't be sick. Yeah. And what, what, what is the plan if they are swabbed and they are unwell? So we, I'm doing a lot of work this week to try and work out a pathway. The hospital is going to establish a probably a COVID cohort ward, which will be on N2. Um, we're, we're just trying to work this out. It'll be a much better place. The emergency department is not fit to receive people with suspected COVID for lots of reasons. Now, there will be some people who will come in there, and it is inevitable we will have a case of COVID going through our emergency department. We receive 350 to 400 patients a day. When this really gets going, it is inevitable there will be somebody going through with COVID. And for, mo for most of us, that will be just fine. It's going to be no worse than a bad cold. But we do need to think about keeping the rest, how we keep the rest of our patients safe. There will be a COVID isolation ward on N2. We're just working out how we get people to there. Can I ask, this is going to be like a, a rising tide kind of major incident. And so we're just going to see it creep worse and worse and worse every day. Are we establishing sort of thresholds where we're going to pull triggers on, on um, like N2 as a ward and, and our own management within the department? Or is it all ready to go now? So it's not necessarily going to be done around triggers. It's going to be done around risk. At the moment, for instance, we're going to be just wearing ordinary surgical masks yeah. because actually the risk of it coming across somebody with COVID, it's there, but it's very low. Yeah. As prevalence goes up, we may end up where we all have to wear um, the slightly more involved masks. Um, but it's not going to be done by triggers. It's going to be done by capacity. Right. Okay. Okay. And who is in charge? Unfortunately, it's me. <laughs> um, so, uh, for the medical side, Helen will be in charge for um, the nursing side. We've both made contingency plans if we become unwell, mm -hmm. that there are people who will take, step up and take our place. Um, we will be making sure that we communicate very regularly. So this brings into a really important point and something that we're not that good at, which is checking our emails, because there will be important plans coming through and it's going to plan, the plans will change quite quickly. So the advice we get from Public Health England changes every two days. What may have been up to date two weeks ago is now completely redundant. So it's really important that everybody, when they come to work, they log in and they just spend 10 minutes checking their email to look for any important updates. Are staff going to be given that time to do that? I think staff just have to make the time to do it. Fine. I know staff are really busy. There's never any time to do anything. But, um, you know, if I walk around and I see somebody checking their emails, that's okay. 
if they're booking a holiday or doing their waitress shop, that's not okay. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we all have, we have a nursing handover. We have a, a medical staff briefing at 8 o'clock and at 2 o'clock. Um, can we expect updates then as well? Yes. So we will absolutely try and make sure that we give a clear message out every day. We still don't have much of a message to share with the team. There's a bit. It's been worked out, and I'm hope, optimistic by the end of the week it'll be much more defined. Mm. But it's going to take a bit of time to get that done. It seems to me, in terms of the problems we're going to face, there's a couple of particular kinds, and that is the critically ill patient who's got respiratory symptoms because of COVID. And I think we are really working out a nice pathway. And hopefully by the time that's becoming a problem, we'll know exactly what we're doing with that. What troubles me more is the patients, because it's going to become so prevalent in the community, we're going to see the full gamut of emergency presenting, and those patients are going to have mild to moderate COVID symptoms. Are there contingencies in place to manage this kind of problem? So there are vari- you, the way of looking at it is there's a variety of answers. So remember, actually, a lot of this is about making sure our existing systems do what they're supposed to. Yeah. And that will be about GPs offering telephone advice for breathless patients, for patients who phone up because they've got a cold and feel a bit rubbish. Yeah. And the GP should be able to know this patient has COPD, that person is at risk, this person's got heart failure, they're at risk, or this person is a young, healthy person, they shouldn't be at risk and they just need some advice over the phone. So there's a lot going on to stop people coming to the department as much as possible. Okay. I share your absolute anxieties about the patient later on who turns to have COVID, and this will happen mm-hmm. at some point. What is going to happen to the case definitions? So the case definition is likely to change. So when we started, the case definition was, have you come from Wuhan and have fevers and have a cough and have a um, a runny nose and feel ill? That has now expanded to include a whole variety of other countries, Iran, Italy, most of China, most of the countries around China. It's likely fairly soon the case definition won't be based on geography at all and will be based on respiratory symptoms. Um, And we're still trying to work out what that means because actually a third of the medical take is breathlessness. Mm. Mm. Yes. Half of paediatric attendances are for ERTI type symptoms. So we just have to look out, as you said, looking for our emails to tell us. Yes. And it's going to change pretty much regularly until we've got a a, a clearer plan. There is going and the only way to understand what's going on is regular scanning of your emails. Okay. Thank you. Anything else that you wanted to? Yeah, I know everyone feels very anxious about this. I think it's going to be rocky. We're going to be busy. I don't think it's going to be undoable. I think this is a really good hospital and we're going to be able to get through this. We've got lots of very, very clever, committed people in this hospital working on this. And I think the plans I'm seeing are very sensible. Okay. Perfect. Lovely. Thank you very very much, much Adrian. For your time.